Nation. This is the Agency Life with Cody Higgins. And we have from Ilfans Creative owner and another agency couple talking to us about agency life. Welcome to our show, Remington. How are you today? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's early here, but it looks like a wonderful afternoon for you. <laughs> Ireland's giving the illusion. You're in Florida, right? <laughs> yeah, we're in Florida, so it's still dark outside. <laughs> yeah. Given the illusion that it's bright here, but it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. A lot of bounce back. So um, welcome to the show. As I said, uh, we're doing a mixture of agency owners and agency couples talking about the real stuff with agency life. So you and your wife, Rachel, work in the business. And when I asked you the question before about which came first, you said the agency first and Rachel straighten you out later. Tell us yeah. about impulse and then when Rachel in- entered into the scene. Yeah, so there's a so a couple of fun things. So we started out as Remington Graphics in the beginning. You know, there's always a this uh, chrysalis effect that starts to happen as the business grows. But when we were pushing that earlier, you know, that was I was working as a bartender, you know, out of college, wow. and was in uh, that cash on a day to day is really hard to walk away from. And so finally, I I stepped out and was like, I'm going to do this. And I had I started the business part time for probably about six months. And as I did that um, and, and committed to it, it started growing pretty quick. And uh, it had to be six, seven months later, I met Rachel. And Rachel started asking questions about things. And she's like, well, you know, at that time, I was working out of my parents' loft. And so within a few months, she started whipping me into shape. And, uh, you know, she's, she's my rock in a lot of different ways. But um, she, you know, fast forward, we're just now 12 years old um, the, the company and she, you know, and she runs all the operations and she, now she does that from home. Um, we have a three-year-old at home and so she works part-time running operations and then all the rest of the, uh, the crew is here, you know, tending to the sales, if you will. In the office doing service and delivery. So operations of the home and operations of the agency. Yeah, for sure. Like she just sets me straight. I just do what I'm told. Yeah, <laughs> Bassett, you were, you're a clever man, right? <laughs> I like to think so. That's fascinating. So one of the things that we were told, um, I asked you about um, previous to this was, and there must be a story about it, when you're giving some secrets to agencies. So 12 years, that's a lot of a roller coaster up and down. And one thing yeah. you mentioned, which I'd love to hear more about, is just advice to agencies was, you were saying don't get complacent. What was that moment that you realized that? Yeah. So, so there's been a couple of times where, you know, the, that the carrot that you're chasing is this is like, ah, I made it kind of feeling. And that can seem relieving and exciting, but then at the same time you get there, you have to further innovate because there's, if you're, if you're running a race and you get right before the finish line, you're like, ah, let me bask in this glory, but you don't actually pass the finish line like someone's going to overpass you and it doesn't matter how big or how small you are a lot of times I find when I talk to some other agencies and some of them are smaller lately where they're like one or two people and they're like I just want to be like you and I'm like well hold on (laughs) right like like we're great I think we're really great at brand we do a really great job and I think that we're you know we're doing a really great job delivering services on the, on the outside, it looks like it's a cakewalk and that's, that's what it's supposed to look like. Right. But at the, but on the other side of it, it's like, well, why do you want that? Like, what is the meaningful reason that you're, that you want to be like impulse creative? And 
the perception is that it's easy, but that's the perception, right? And so I look at that going back to the answer about being complacent. And it's like, you get to that point, whatever your goal is, and you're like, I made it. The second you bask in that glory for a minute, or you go on that month long sabbatical vacation, because you're like, Hey, you know, like I made it, I don't have to worry about it is the second that you start not paying attention to things that were actually making you get there in the first place. So when, when I say that, it's like, you can still enjoy it. You can still like have the pop the champagne when you make a goal, but you've got to always make sure you know where the next direction is. Yeah. And and we're going to use the race analogy that the baton is handed to someone that the baton all the time and you go on holiday and you come back and there's the baton's lying on the ground. Right. (laughs) You've got a job. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in the trenches example of that is um, a few years ago, you know, we had a really great couple of years of growth. Um, when I look back, it was super uncomfortable, so I'd never do it again, but it was about 300% year over year. Whoa. And so it was, it was growth for the sake of growth. I like to tell people like it was, Oh yeah, let's just kill it. Let's hire another person. Let's just go. And, and I look back and, you know, we got to where we wanted to be. Like I had very specific goals. Like I wanted to have an office that, that was modern like Apple. I wanted to hit a certain revenue goal and I wanted a certain number of people. That was like my badge of honor to have those three things. And I expected that in 10 years when I built, when I built that goal and it happened in three. And so when we got to that goal, I was just then now freaking out because I'm essentially trying to wade in all the service delivery and make sure everyone's going well. Mm -hmm. And I forgot to tell the team what the next goal was. And so when we talk about like your mission and your vision, like a lot of times people put it in and it has little to no meaning. And on the other side, the team doesn't really know what values to stand behind. And at that point I said, here's our vision. This is where I want to be. And then suddenly we're there. And I didn't realize until it was too late that people need to know what the next step is. Like you get over that hill, like what's the next hill? It doesn't mean it's not achievable. Yeah. And those, um, you know, I think you know this now, those are vanity metrics that you had. So that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. People and, you know, and then, yeah, you can get that. That's easy to get, but right. values making people stick and having that. And so that's the human nature. And which is great. If you're hiring people who are looking for the next goal, and so what happened then? How did that all kind of... Yes. So, so culture took a hit and it's one of those things you don't really know that culture is taking a hit until it, it, you know, until it smacks you in the face. And so what happened is there was, um, you know, we had a really strong core team in regards to people who had the technical ability, you know, and as I joke um, on a couple other podcasts, like we're really good at training people. And so at that point, you know, we'd seen some success. Things were a little rocky as far as like what the future looked like for some of the staff. And it was a perfect opportunity for certain conversations I had with other, other agency owners who remain unnamed to essentially go, oh, I would love that platter yeah. of really awesome people. And so I had 12 people in a matter of three and a half months. I was down to two and a half, not including me and my wife. So it was, you know, you think of that year over year growth and then suddenly you don't have anyone to to implement that. Um, We lost a lot of clients and what's, I was really, really pissed about that for 
it, it had to be a, over a year. I was just really like jaded is the best way to put it. And then really kind of came to terms of it is like, well, what happened if you kept all those clients for one, right? And then the other one, and this, this came after was what happened if you kept all those employees? You know what I mean? And so as hard as it is, and I don't want to sound shallow, but one thing that has been really great to learn is you learn something with every single hire and every single fire. And that's, that's been one of those things that, you know, you, you look for and you continue like weeding down what that job description or what those core responsibilities or those guardrails should be. Um, so looking back, I never want to do that again. I've, and my wife and I have agreed that that will never happen again. But moving forward, it's one of those things. It's always that, that uh, reminder, if yeah. you will. How did you get out of bed every day when that it happened because that it was tough to do personally oh yeah what did you change in your personal life to get you up and out the door so i'm uh i'm a pretty stubborn person and so some of some of the people who did leave left because of things they were told by outside influences like where there's smoke there's fire and you know you're not gonna last three months or whatever those things were and um on paper i wasn't sure that we were either but once we, you know, once we figured out what we were, what we needed to do, you know, I know a lot of people in the industry, you know, when it comes down to like personal and family, it, we just had to figure, like, it was one of those conversations. It was like, if none of this works out, what's the worst that can happen? And at that point, a great mentor of mine said to me, you got to run the business with these, these fundamentals. And it sounds cynical. What's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? And can you survive the worst? And the, I haven't forgotten that since that moment, right? So like if everything blows up, what's the worst that can happen to you? And the answer was I could go get a job and likely make more than I was making before everything blew up, right? So, so that was, yeah, so exactly, exactly. Like I could just go back to the bar. But, um, but, you know, the drive and the commitment and like just really understanding what we needed to do in order to make stuff happen you know, really kind of came together. And what was great is the people that were left, you know, Ryan on my team, he was here and there was one other, those two people really showed their, they, they showed their brawn in the, in the regard of, of being like, Hey, like we love impulse. Those guys are, you know, those guys are a-holes and let's go ahead and, and just prove them wrong. Right. And that was the fire for the first six months to get out of it. And then it was, okay, guys, let's fix, let's fix all this. Let's make things happen. That's that's an incredible story. And today now you're sitting there, you've got this great culture, you've got this great perception. And one of the things you've accredited this to is you've created a culture of learning, which I instill in agencies all the time. And talk to me about what would be the tips you would say to create uh, culture of learning in your agency. What are the things that you do? You got to do it yourself first yeah. as leadership. Yeah. Which is really easy to point the finger. Um, Jackie on my team always says, you know, before you point your thumb is pointing at yourself. <laughs> like, and, and I love it. Like I use it all the time now, but um, when, you know, when you're telling people that they've got to innovate and learn, like you've got to, you've got to understand, you don't have to know everything that everyone on your team knows. And that's the, that's another lesson that I've learned recently, but 
but you've got to understand like the concepts and the fundamentals and how all of that comes together, right? You've got to be able to look at the cover of the puzzle box to know how all the puzzle pieces fit, even if you don't fundamentally understand which puzzle goes where. You know, we wrote it right into our core values. Like one of our core values is growth oriented. And um, that's personally, professionally, that's helping our clients, that's ourselves. And, um, you know, it's each month we ask, like we we use 15.5. It's a great app. And every week when it comes out, it goes, what did you learn this week? I actually don't care what the answer is as long as there's an answer. Yeah. Could be anything. Right. Yeah. Could be anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of them was, I learned that I couldn't accomplish all of the tasks that I gave out, you know, this week for myself. Fantastic. <laughs> let's not make that, let's not make that mistake again, You're you know? So, but some of the more advanced ones were, um, you know, we learned a whole nother thing that you could do with HubSpot as an example that HubSpot doesn't even know you could do in, you know, from a HubSpot support, it's like, yeah, we'll put that on the, on the request and we just accomplished it. Yeah. So, so those kinds of things, like staying curious, um, if you can create that culture, all of a sudden now there's innovation there where, um, where there isn't, if you don't push. Yeah. And that, like you said, there is like, I don't believe there's a finish line in what we're doing here. Unless, right. you, unless your own personal finish line is to sell the business onto somebody else, but then sure. they're going to pick it up. And, and once the ball is moving, the ball is moving until you decide to close it down. Yeah. So I call it a boulder, not a ball. (laughs) So I feel like, yeah. So it's like you get to a point as a solopreneur where you're pushing the boulder up the, up the mountain and then you get over that first hill and now you have to run in front of it. Right. Like, yeah, you just got to run in front. Yeah. Great analogy. Uh, And speaking of the boulder getting to the sides, you about, uh, which is something I believe in as well around, Capping your agency out at a certain point in size, 20 to 25. I've got my yep. own on that. Um, is that because of your, the way you grew or is there something else that's around that? So, so it goes to some personal goals. Um, and, and then also for the team, like a lot of the team is motivated by be, being able to have the lifestyle they want. Right. It also tells the team that this is not going to be this continuous cog in a wheel that is going to just like be ridiculous. There's a lot of agency acquisitions, not to harp on anyone doing that, but like, it's the new thing to do, it seems over the past couple of years. It's very trendy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get it because talent's hard to find, right? But if I can direct and navigate the team, we're very nautical at Impulse, but if I can navigate the team to do things more effectively and I can, um, I can innovate the deliveries that we have in order to get clients to pay us more money we shouldn't need to get higher because it's not, we're not chasing a stick of more revenue. We're chasing a stick of profitability. And, you know, at the end of that, you know, at the end of three to five years, I just, I want a waiting list is essentially what it comes down to. What I loved about it was like, you would have a waiting list of clients, but you have this core team because it is true. Like I've, I've worked in a small company and then it got very big and I, I just didn't like it. I love, knowing something about the people I'm working with, be able sure. to have a personal question, remember them and uh, remember their lives. I, I just love that connection. And people do generally that sort of small village feeling yeah. uh, is much more preferential and, and keep the clients waiting, which is brilliant. And speaking yeah. of waiting clients, surely you must have a very long list of people waiting 
to work with you when it comes to video because my god did you guys <laughs> play early and play hard and then bring the best of the best talent in but video is a big play for you guys yeah so video video is um a huge piece we actually did a webinar yesterday with 23 and you know it's just one of those things that kind of tie into you know into now our our mission statement like our mission statement is something that has changed and is also one of those things that i think companies get scared to change yeah, they do. Um, or they don't, or they don't put any emphasis. It's either they put no emphasis on it, or they're like, "We can't change. That's our mission." Like your mission actually does change, depending okay. on what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Right. So, over the twelve years, I think ours has changed four times, and it's essentially because I f- I feel that we get so close to it that it's hard to differentiate what the next step is versus yeah. where where we are. Before it was leveraging inbound and like driving things into that. And now we're finding that it gets more into um, leveraging the right technologies and strategies, right? Because we're doing conversational marketing now like crazy. We're doing video marketing to your point like crazy. There's a lot of these different areas um, that, that we're going. And if we, if our mission says that we're going to leverage inbound, which we're not, it's not, we're not leaving inbound marketing. It's just, it's not the only piece of the puzzle. It's not the only piece. And I think if everyone looks at themselves, like I know what the way I've been operating as my own human person, not an right. agency owner, not an agency person, I have gone more to video. If I can find a yep. video instead of reading some instructions about something, I'm over. I'm always looking. So if we're personally doing that, of course our clients want that. Of course everyone else wants that. Yeah. But you're you're a few streets ahead of this, right? So there's agency owners out there. Imagine you're just starting today and you know, or you've been maybe doing the inbound thing and, and doing a traditional and you don't know where to start with video. What would be the first three things you'd say to an agency to get it right? You've made some mistakes, so you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um you have a camera on your computer. Got it. Like do it right now. You know, that's the big thing. And then um, from an organization point of view, if the CEO is afraid to get on camera because they're not happy with what they look like or they they are uncomfortable on camera, everyone in the entire organization is going to feel the same way. Right. It reverberates through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I think it's two years now. Yeah. Beginning of 2016, I shut off all the conference phones in the entire entire company. Like we don't have any phones on our desks. No need. Yeah. And um, you're only allowed to talk to a client if you have video on. And so it did a couple interesting things. One, it was, well, you just took away my, my vice for being comfortable in video. And two, um, the conversation was, what if the client doesn't have video on? doesn't matter. Like, doesn't like you can guilt them. You yeah. can guilt them into it. But what, what are we doing right now? We're having a conversation and, you know, whether they're across the world like in Ireland or whether they are across the t- across town, you're going to have a conversation on video and they're going to realize that you actually care and you're paying attention to them. Yeah. And that has served us. I think if there's one in the past three years, there's one thing that we did was putting the humans back into the communication and the video side of it because no one does that. And so that's the big thing. So then you take that to the marketing, to your point, being able to put these micro videos out with thoughts, you know, you have that internal strife where you're like, does what I say matter? Or is there other content out there like that, that is smarter than me? And it's, everyone has their own unique perspective. 
So they just got to get out of their own way and put it out there. And I, trust me, I have some really bad videos that are on the internet right now that like, like you can tell that I'm sitting there reading my phone and taking a breath to look up at the screen and looking back at that, like every part of me wants to redo those videos. But at the same time, it's a huge lesson because we run into clients every single day. We're like, we're just not as good as you. And I was like, well, last year we did 420 videos you'll be just like me or better after that. That's how you got good at it. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So I think for an agency today, like one of the tools I found incredible was Vidyard, right? You know, I got sent a Vidyard video um, instead of an email by an agency and I loved it. I went, yes, brilliant. So if an agency said, first of all, they went, let's, instead of sending emails to each other, let's do videos to each other. Let's get comfortable Mm -hmm. and make mistakes in front of each other. Get yep. and, the, and the CEO's got to do that as well. That's a great start. Using the video with your clients, even if they don't, and you're right, they might not be comfortable, but I tell you what happens, you know, yeah. call three, yeah, like call four, call five, next minute they've got the confidence. They'll go, do you know what? If they can do it, I'll do it. And you can get them onto that. That's a really good one there yeah. to get comfortable with the video. I love that idea. That's fantastic. It- with some of our larger clients, we'll even send them a present. And it's usually an LG C920 camera. And with no no words. Like, here's your gift from Impulse Creative. And it guilts them into being on camera. It's fantastic. Wow, that's a, that's a great... Okay, there's another good strategy. Guilt them yeah. into it. Yeah, and, and say, you don't have to put it, you have to be. You just, you know... Yeah. It intrinsically says that for you. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. The other, you mentioned Vidyard... Um, I am, I absolutely love Soapbox by Wistia for the same, for the same reason. One of the reasons I prefer Soapbox is the human side. With Vidyard, you're either human or on a screen share, you're a bubble, Yeah. right? With Soapbox, you can be one third of the screen the entire time. Oh, okay. And so, so that's what we, that's typically what we do. Um, And we've gone as far as um, no reports are allowed to be sent to clients without a video explaining them. So like you can't send analytics for the past month. Yeah, don't. Yeah. Without without having a video where you're on the third saying, so I'm not exactly excited about your traffic increase, but it is over the previous month. But leads are up, you know, like showing your your opinions on things rather than just an email on the stats. Oh, never. Yeah, that's something where I'm saying I'm always telling agencies switch off the automated reports. Yeah. Either get on a phone call to deliver them and record the phone call, or this is even better as well, if yeah. time permitting, or you need to send it to multiple. Excellent. The agencies who are doing insights and doing recommendations and giving their expertise are the only ones that are going to be around in the next couple of years. Oh, yeah, because for sure. So much AI is coming up from the bottom. Yeah, it's, anyway. it's no longer. So I, I actually tasked the team this year we have to look at every single one of our service deliveries and we have to figure out how to make it leaner. And they're like, what do you mean leaner? I was like, cheaper. Like we have to figure out everyone else is trying to go up market, larger everything. And I said, we need to figure out ways to bring it down market and make things more affordable, but yet still maintain or increase profits. And so, and that kind of goes towards our mission now is the, we have the phrase meaningful growth. Everyone else is growth agency nowadays, but like we're, but, you know, because someone got on stage and said, that's what we needed to do, 
people don't realize that you're a laggard if you follow advice like that. You're not innovating. Absolutely. Yeah. So early days, have you found any tools then that you kind of, obviously early in the piece, but anyway, yeah, yeah. you know what, that's a good tool to, to save profitability, time, hours, that kind of thing. Yep. For agencies. So I'm a data nerd like crazy. So I understand people's capacities by hour because we track everything by point. Like I, I could tell you how much space everyone in my org has in regards to the available time. I know their efficiencies. They know their efficiencies and we know how much it costs to run the agency down to the hour. There's actually a number on the wall. So everyone knows that if they're going to go play darts, that it's essentially costing the company about $400 an hour to go play darts for an hour. So <laughs> that up there. yeah, like, and, and because you tell employees how much your expenses are for a month, that's usually more than they make in a year. They can't articulate how that works. And so you bring it down to a bite-sized piece where they're like, would you waste $400 an hour? Suddenly mindsets change, right? But going to your point about the tools, so Databox, I love. We also use a tool called Clipfolio, which allows for us to get a little bit more nerdy about some data. Um, so imagine, you know, Google, uh, Google spreadsheets on steroids in regards to the kind of calculations and visualizations you can do. And then what we're doing is we're using harvest for time tracking. Um, and they have a budgets feature that most people don't really know about. So you can go in for like an inbound retainer account. Let's say that it should take 12 hours total a month. You can say Sue gets four hours of this, you know, Audrey gets four hours of this and then the content writers as a group get this many hours and you can actually see who and what team is over or under efficiencies. And so I think harvest is probably one of the biggest tools for understanding service delivery. And then of course you got all the other stuff that can save you time. I love that budgets inside and harvest. Awesome. And the clip, clip to clip, clip folio. Clip folio. Yep. With a K. Yep. With a K. Brilliant. That sounds really good. Um, And you've mentioned a few things there, which is kind of wrapping into a big issue that I have with agencies. It's almost like this fear when I'm coaching them, they go, I'm investing so much in these people. I'm giving them culture. I'm giving them business acumen. Mm. I'm giving them learning. What if somebody steals them? What if they're poached? You have massive experience in this. (laughs) Talk to me about, so that fear and, and how, when it does happen, Like, first of all, when it does happen, what do you do? Sure. So that thought is poison. Yeah. And the, so after the poaching incident, I obviously had to hire up. We started hiring and I believe we hired six people in that first, in that first year right after none of those people worked for me because I, I was hiring with that same feeling because I was spited and I was like, I just need someone to plug into a spot. And I need them to do their job and I need them to kind of be there. And it wasn't probably about like one and a half to two cycles of that six people that, um, and luckily, luckily or unluckily, it happened very quickly. I mean, it all happened within the course of a year that I went through two full cycles of of additional people, but you just can't. So I I heard something, I heard um, someone else say it, that it's like they're, they're graduating, but not in a HubSpot graduating point of view. Like they're, like they're going through their, you know, they are helping you across their journey and they're literally graduating into something else. And in our 15.5 internally, there's, we have a question that's an internal review question that says, 
if this person was to leave today, how would you, how would you feel? And I write that down every single week. And, and so what it allows for us to do is understand like, so does this person deserve a raise? If you are saying, if, you know, if they were to leave tomorrow, I'd be screwed. Well then if you say that three, four weeks in a row, why don't you do something about it? Got it. Right. Right. Um, so, but the, the other side is, is understanding that you're going to have people to leave. And if you go into it knowing that they are, but you also hire for someone as if they were never to, then, then it's a lot easier. Like it's almost like marriage, right? Are you going to be with this person for the rest of your life? Yes, absolutely. Well, then you've got to do everything you possibly can to make that marriage work. If you don't, it's not going to, you know, and it's kind of the same thing with employment. Um, you know, so knock on wood, yeah. uh, every podcast that I say we're doing okay, something changes, but um, knock on wood retention is um, we didn't lose all any, only lost one person last year and that was by choice, right. you know? And so previous to that, we hadn't gone, we hadn't gone a year without 30% of our staff leaving. Yeah. So yeah. buckling down. If you think about it as well, like when you were hiring all those people, you had your lovely vanity metric that you were going through. Well, it was after that. It was after that. It was like when everything just crashed, I was like, I was just hiring for the spot. Just get them in. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like you said, if if the agency owner can think about, this is the game. These are my values. And I love that. Go all in. Like, give them everything. Give them the best start. Don't be kind of like, I won't train them completely properly mm-hmm. give them everything because they might leave you know yeah that's, that's some uh, different way to look at it so, i really like that i've got another lesson that i was just taught by one of my staff members too so um so we're talking about performance of another individual we have a very rigorous 60-day training program you go through our training program you get five to five to ten certifications from hubspot and other areas within that 60 days and at day 61 you are to be able to walk in and handle a client meeting, regardless of your previous agency experience. And it's, it's a gauntlet. It's like boot camp. And so I was like, this is awesome. Like that was the way that we train people up. And it's like all the core values and the ways that we want people to be. And uh, Ryan on my team goes, what's the plan after 60 days? Right. And that's something that last year, I didn't really have much time to focus on, but it was, but it's, it's amazing when you start having conversations with employees that suddenly they start having conversations with you. As long as you have that open culture that suddenly you're like, that's a great point. Never even thought about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let them loose into the agency and run free. Yeah. Like go, you know what you should do. So, yeah. so this year, so this year we pivoted to, um, I dumped all the job descriptions that we had previously. Right. which scared some people, but the only thing they know is going to happen is change at, at impulse. Um, and uh, everything is uh, guardrails and goalposts. That's the theme of all of our job descriptions. And it says, so we have core values for every single job description and we have a mission statement for every single job description. And so everyone who is on our retainer or our inbound team, if you will, for a lot of agencies, has their own core values that they have to go after that tie into the company ones. So that's been huge for us. That's incredible. Like they're treating them like their own business unit inside the larger one. That's fantastic. Some fantastic advice there. You, you have some uh, personal 
ways of, of I found really interesting of how you personally manage your time. So I know this is super early for you in the morning, but yeah. one of the things that you talked about about your success is having your time, then the company time, and then family time. To explain a bit more about your personal rituals, if you like. Yeah. So everyone thinks I'm crazy because I wake up at 4 a.m. and you know. I also, for the record, I also go to sleep at 9.30. So, yeah. like... <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, it was a better half eight last night. Like, does it matter? Nothing fun happens after nine o'clock anymore. Not for us. No. no, no, no. Like, my wife and I actually laugh at each other. We're like, another show? Or do you want to go to bed? And we look at each other, we're like, bed. And we're like, we're lame. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're no. free. <laughs> Four in the morning. Awesome. But yeah, so another advisor that I've had over the years was saying, you got to make sure that you always have maker and manager time. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think I'm getting to the point where in service delivery, I always thought of the maker time was service delivery and the manager time was people. We don't have managers at impulse creative. It's a very flat organizational structure, Nice personal preference. And one of the reasons why I don't want to go above 2025. Yeah. But one of the big things is as a owner or as someone who is, managing people. If I have to manage people, I don't have the right people. But if, um, if I'm managing and being available for my staff, I have 14 right now. That means I would have a 10 hour day if I only spent 45 minutes with each of them daily. Like, so we give them that perspective, but at the same time, that means that I don't have time to do the things that need to make the agency go. If I'm helping them do their jobs the right way. Correct. Right. Yeah. So what, what I did is I kind of modeled it out. And of course I have a three-year-old and my wife is my rock. So that's very important to me. But during the week, um, I will always make it home by dinner. And then from then on, and some days it's, it's not always perfect, but it's, it's the plan, but I will, you know, I'll be home for dinner. And yeah. then when my son goes down, we usually watch maybe a show. Usually we fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like we put my son down and then, all right, I'm out. But in the morning, it's 4am, um, get ready. I uh, jump on the Peloton if I am able to, which is a spin bike, and then jump into my time. And my time is from essentially five o'clock until 830. And so from five till 830, uh, office opens at 830. I, some days I'll go to Starbucks this morning we have a podcast and before that I was working on some things, but it allows for me to innovate and focus the vectors of the agency and where I think things need to go. And then when everyone comes in, I don't have to worry about all the things I need to get done. I'm pretty sure that I get eight and a half hours worth of work done in the four hour block in the morning when no phones are ringing. Absolutely. Noise canceling headphones. It's it's my favorite time of the day because I can just I have I just write out a list on paper, knock all the stuff out, and then by the time everyone gets here, I'm awake because I'm I'm ready for lunch, yeah. but everyone else is uh, everyone else is ready to go, yeah. and you know I'm not in their way. Energy of you coming into the office, seeing an agency owner who is happy, who is rested, sees what they're doing, as opposed to what we sometimes see is them stressed, hassled, and going, please don't talk to me, I've got stuff to do. Oh, yeah. yeah, I have days like that. Of course, it's not every day, but most agencies are the other way. I, I love that idea. You have to be available. Or an agency owner could start thinking about, I'm going to make one hour of the day available, and I'm going to increase it to two. And some yep. have 
that time? So that was, that's how I started out with the availability time. So the team always tries to look for time, you know, with the days of calendars that allow for you to book, book time in any, at any slot that you choose. Well, anyone um, can book it with our links. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have no client meetings on Mondays. That's one thing personally, like the agency can, it's just me because I have to make sure that I can move things out of the way for people. And then I have two one hour blocks that are completely set every day of the week, other than Monday, because Monday is not available for anyone to book anything that are um, help me time. And it's not help Remington. It's like people, people can go in and edit that event. And the only requirement is if they need help, they have to put what they need help with in the actual help me time. And so what it does is it allows for me to have perspective about what they need. Some cases I can solve that problem before I even have the meeting, but it allows for people to know that even if I have headphones on and I'm super stressed out, like I'll hit the doorknob, we'll sit down, we'll have a conversation, we'll solve a problem. So that's been huge. Help me time. Fantastic. Yeah. And then the other one is, uh, I, I learned this two years ago, was I have weekly walks with everyone on the team. Virtual or not. The only requirement is we try. It's we're not supposed to talk about work. I was going so so it's a 15, 20 minute walk. And like my virtual team, I'll be on Zoom walking around the plaza. I think everyone thinks here thinks I'm like I'm so full of myself taking selfies all day long. I just love myself. Yeah, I'm like walking around like this, like (laughs) but um but yeah, so those two things have really helped with I think culture. And also, you know, if you don't ask as a CEO what's happening outside the walls, how can you expect for people to perform inside? Yes, you just, so. because it's not two different lines anymore. You know, we've no. come through that. I used to have a work cloda and a, a, a real cloda. <laughs> and I used yeah. to operate them. And now the days are gone. And, and people like that. That's why they want to come and work with you. So you figured out a lot of things at the agency. And also one of the things I wanted to ask you about, so sure. um, obviously it's an, an ongoing thing, but being a husband and wife team and working together, mm-hmm. what are some of the tips that you do? What, you've got some interesting advice there around how do you separate and how do you be, have a successful marriage and a successful agency? Yeah, so it's about a 20-minute drive home. Yeah. Uh, from the office. And I usually call my wife before I hit the first speed bump in the parking lot because she's home now. But when we rode to work together years ago, we would talk about work because that's usually the only isolated time that we could talk to each other about things because open office environment. And we, we found that we just needed to stop talking at a certain point in the journey home so that we could be home when we got home because otherwise the conversation will stay all the way through until you pass out. Uh, yeah, right? until like, well into the night. Yeah. 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 So, so there's, you know, and there's always outliers, like nothing is absolute in this regard, but now if I abruptly hang up on my wife, like while driving, she'd be like, what the heck? Right. But in general, like she knows when I get to the top, it doesn't matter how much we're talking about with work or whatever. I need a good 10 minutes to just wind down before I come in the door. The other thing is some days I'll pull up into the driveway and I won't get out of the truck. I was going to say, just sit there and sit there and then see you before you go into the house. Yeah. And I realized that because my three-year-old, because they're sponges, my three-year-old would not run up and hug me when I was super stressed out. 
when I walked in the front door. But if I took a second and like centered myself, then he'd be like running up to me like crazy. And so I realized that I was what I was bringing things home, even if I didn't talk about them. So, so every once in a while, I'll sit in the driveway for 10 minutes and it used to freak my wife out, but now it's just, no, like I just needed that time. Like I just need it. I need to chill for a minute. The other biggest part, um, if you're thinking about getting into the agency or if you don't have this yet and you're working with someone is it goes with any employee, like what, what's their role? Like, what do they do? They can't just be like the husband and wife team with employees because the team needs to know who to go to and um, for certain things. And also you need to know what's yours or mine because it's a, it's a transaction that happens at work and it's also a transaction that happens at home. Right. If you're a husband and wife team in an agency and you both do the same job, right? Right. Someone's going to try and ask your wife. And then yeah. they the answer and then they try with you. And then maybe if you haven't had time to communicate, you might say yes. They've said no argument. Like it's going to be right. actually. But yep. if, if there's clear roles going, you know, in your case, Rachel is operating. Mm-hmm. You are the owner. So ask you for these things. Ask you, ask Rachel for those. Exactly. That's yeah. So, so Rachel handles all the billing, all the HR, like people know that um, if they ask me when our next vacation days are like either search in Tetra or like, I don't know my name right now, like, (laughs) right. But like, look it up in Tetra or hit up Rachel, you know, if it's client service or service delivery or like a technical question, they know that, that it's for me. And that's helped Rachel and I, but it's also, you know, it's also helped the team quite a bit. And you never have that question about what is the other people doing? And this, I think is just partners in general. I don't know how many companies I talk to. And I always joke like 50% of all partnerships fail. And it's usually the person's perception of who failed, right? But, but it's all of all of the partners that go into things and say, oh, we're going to do this together. But no one puts a defined role or reasoning or mission for those individuals. That's going to lead to complacency of at least one person, but also um, really kind of limit you and allow for your brain and the story you're telling yourself to start going that oh, this person doesn't do anything. All I'm doing is yeah. busting my butt. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just a business card title for the record, but it's actually like, what, what are they doing? Yeah. And, um, and I've, I know a couple very successful agencies that also fired their significant other from the company. And yeah. so like going into that being like, this is the role and the responsibility, like, what are we going to do? That's just one of those things that you should be like, this very moment, we're both agreeing. If we don't do the job, we're going to get replaced. Like yeah. Yeah. this moment, not later when we hate each other yeah. and we say you're fired. Because yeah. if you're fired from work and you haven't talked about things later, that's not going to be good at home either. No, <laughs> that's not, a, that's never going to work out. It's right. So can you imagine today, Remington, like you're 12 years in this game. You're sure. partner Rachel a long time. Today, right now, there are agency couples out there just starting out. They're in the first few months. Yeah. Looking back, what would be some of the key advice that you would give them today, 2019, they're going into this role together? Defined roles, love that. Decide yep. when you're not performing in your role, that's a great one. Yeah. else uh, you give uh, as, a, as your secret, to, secret sauce? Yeah, so treat yourself, like have board meetings. Like, it's not just something you have to do, like, for your corporate minutes. Like, you actually have to have conversations about where the company's going. Know 
and acknowledge the fact that you're not going to agree on everything. Yeah. You have to understand each other's point of view. And I think one of the biggest thing is take ego out of it. Any mistake that I've made is because I haven't slept on it before. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and <laughs> like, and I'm an impulsive guy, like it's actually in our name, like impulse. Right. But like, but you want to, you have to be like rooted in something. And so if you have a mission, you have a vision and you understand what your core values are and you're just getting started, that's a huge step. And then I would, the biggest thing I'd say is, is show people before you tell them. Show before you tell them. Yep. Phenomenal. Yeah. You've got to do the work yourself, like the learning yourself. You've got to do the work. Yeah. You've got to do the videos yourself. You can't yeah. have your staff to do these things without doing it yourself and getting over your own hurdles. You know, oh, yeah. you're not comfortable in video. Like you said, great one. Just keep doing it until you are. Practice yep. makes it perfect. Well, this has been a fantastic uh, chat with you. Uh, yeah. I, could, uh, I think we could be here all day, you and I. For sure, for sure. <laughs> but we know how these things go. Thank you so much. Uh, what is no the problem. favorite way for people to get in touch with you? And, and what, what would you love them to call? If the phone rang tomorrow, oh, hang on, you don't have one. If somebody sent you a video. <laughs> we still have a phone. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, so reaching out to me uh, personally, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, that's the easiest like direct thing is at Remington Beg, R-E-M-I-N-G-T-O-N-B-E-G-G. You can also, if you want to know who we are, what we do, why we do it, um, you can go to impulsecreative.com. If you have questions, if you are an early agency couple in your agency journey, I'm happy just to have a chat too. I've got a lot of notches in my belt of things not to do that you don't usually see all day long but uh yeah i'm i'm an open book you'll be at some of the uh, usual agency established events that are around the track so you going to anything cool um in the near future by any chance yeah so um one of my things this year i have to get out of my cave but left to do this year you're not you haven't got your hands stuck in the service delivery <laughs> yeah exactly i got stuff to do so partner days coming up i hope to be speaking at inbound this year and you know, I'm, I'm, I likely will be talking at, um, at the agency partner day. I'm pretty uh, passionate about conversational marketing. So anywhere where that can become a conversation, I'll probably be there too. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Remington. No problem. We appreciate it.